So just for those who don't know, my wife's mum passed away during the week, so she's not here today, but she just wanted to say thank you for the messages that she has received and, and the support in that as well. Um, and my niece, Talia, over there, the, one of the granddaughters is here today, so just lay some love on her as well and, you know, just sitting over there. She probably doesn't want to be pointed out, but, <laughs> but yeah, just... Uh, it's it's a tough time for family and and how things work with family. So um, this morning, as I talk this message, um, there's a lot of sort of thinking about, uh, I guess, not so much the life of my mother-in-law, Deanna. So I'll just call her Deanna. <laughs> so it's easy, and that and the way that she lived her life that that actually produced a legacy for generations to come. Not, not necessarily a, an easy life at all as a young person, not easy in relational ways either in some ways. But as I um, was reflecting on what had happened in her life, so she, she basically didn't grow up as a Christian, she got saved uh, one of her friends brought her to to the Lord in Alice Springs and she sort of was on fire and, you know, bringing other people to Christ and things like that. Um, with her kids, like, so the kids were born um, before mum went to church and then mum got saved, started taking him to church. And from that moment on, there has been something that's formed and as, you know, I mentioned Talia this morning, my, my niece, that, you know, she's coming to church, she's connecting with God. It's amazing how God works through people, right? And his heart is definitely for generations. That he wants to see not just a person saved, and often you'll see it in the New Testament that, you know, it talks about this person and their family were baptised, they were saved, that, that God's touch isn't just meant for that one person, but is meant to go on generationally. And the biggest thing that I could see in that is for Deanna, because uh, if I think about my own life, and, and probably if you think about your life, if I said the word, who do you know loves you, there would be a few people that you go, I'm pretty sure they do. There might be some that you're certain they love you, but even at times, there's something that, that, that happens that whether it's in your own insecurities, whether it's in the way they treat you or their own insecurities, but you're sort of like, I'm not really sure I could trust that love forever. You know, I'm not really sure that that love is stable all the time. Like there's sometimes, excuse me, inside of us this little bit of doubt that, you know, maybe if this circumstance happened, they wouldn't love me. Maybe if they knew everything about me, they wouldn't love me. And I feel that, you know, sometimes as I looked at my Deanna's life and I could see that she'd had a lot of things shake her over life as a young person, you know. Um, unreliable family, um, not having relationship with her father, having lots of different dads throughout our life, um, abuse and things like that. 
um, getting lost into the world in terms of how she lived her life and not really sure of who she was sometimes. You know, even as a Christian, that identity that we have comes under attack, doesn't it? You know, sometimes we're like, yeah, I know who I am in Jesus, but then something happens and we pretty soon lose it. We're like, maybe, I don't know, we just don't know who we are again. We're not really sure. We're not sure of people. We're not sure of the love that's around us, that it's certain. And it just really brought me to, th- to think because Dana, we know for sure, is with the Lord. Like, she's died, she's gone to heaven. And, you know, for, for those of us who are Christian, and only those of us who have given our life to Jesus Christ, we know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That, that, that we're taken out from the present moment to be ever present with the Lord, that that's not going to change. And the reason that we are so confident in that is that there's something different about God's love, which I wanted to talk about today. There's something so strange about God's love. It's like, it's so secure. And I wanted to talk about that today because I know that no matter what happened with Diana, that she had this faith, she had this connection with God that I could see never changed and never wavered. She knew God loved her. Without a shadow of a doubt, no matter what, she knew God loved her. She, she knew God's love. And if you read through the Old Testament and, you know, look up God's unfailing love, time and time and time again you can read that, God's unfailing love. There's, there's something about God's love that is just different to every other love that you can, you can ever find. It's a, it's a love that is almost, well, it is, it's unexplainable. I think when Paul was talking about it in Ephesians, he's saying, I want you to experience the love of Christ. I want you to understand it, but you'll never fully understand it. It's like, I want you to understand it, but you're never going to understand it. But I want you to feel it, and I want you to know that love and experience that love. And those of us who have been saved and, and are Christians, we know that love. And I wanted to talk about a few different areas of life where we go through, where we're... But basically, I guess it's, it's two areas that we live in as Christians. One is we experience that love, and the other is we actually just believe in that love. Because our life changes, doesn't it? Like... I'm sure that your life isn't just all, you know, chocolates and roses all the time, but at the same time, it's not always a thorn bush. But there are moments in each, right? And as a Christian, as someone who knows God, there's this amazing sense and knowledge that God loves me, no matter what. That God is for me, no matter what, when we truly understand it. But there is something that we do need to do in order for us to know that love more deeply and and to transform because our love is not perfect. Our love is not perfect. So will I talk about that on the the side of, you know, that, that the people who love us are not always perfect in their love towards us. At the very same time, I'm sure that each and every one of us could put our hands up and say, you know what, I am imperfect in love. There are times when I've just been horrible 
There are times when I've been misunderstood because of my actions, but there's other times where my love has waned. I haven't been the right person at the right time. I haven't loved someone the way I should. Is there anyone else out there that can identify with that, that that you're just thinking, man, I am hopeless. I am hopeless at loving other people. But we have this good news that Jesus Christ came into this world and he died to set us free and to make the Spirit of God present in our life so that we could grow in love and be perfected in love, which is what I'll read in a minute. But first of all, I want to just remind us from a verse in uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, when Jesus was talking about God as the Heavenly Father. If you, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Why is this up? Because love is always action, right? Love is always born out in action. But what I wanted to point out in this verse is this. Jesus is being clear here. He's, he's, he's telling us to grab hold of who we are. Now, if you are a parent here, you would know exactly what this means. You desire to give good gifts to your children, don't you? You desire that you, you see them well. You desire to see them healthy. You desire to see them prosper and grow in life. You desire to see them happy in life. You know that you might have to discipline them and all those sorts of things, but the love that you have for your kids, Jesus is saying this, that is absolutely dwarfed by the love that your Heavenly Father has for you. Dwarfed. You couldn't even compare it. It's like this question, the question is to us, well, how about you think about it right now? If I ask you that question, how much more does your Heavenly Father want to give good gifts to you than you want to give good, good gifts to your children? How much more? There'll be different answers out there, for sure, depending on how much we have come to know God. You, you might be even sitting out there today unconvinced that God loves you. So in your heart and in your mind, you're answering this question like, uh, I don't even know if God loves me. He's just a punisher, isn't he? There might be some out there that have just experienced a taste of God and you're like, yeah, I know, he loves me. I'm not really sure of it, but I've felt his love already, but I haven't really grown in it. And there's some that have been Christians for a really long time that, that are genuinely loving God, that are interested in him, that would be going, I get it. This is how much more that he gave his son Jesus to die for me so that I could be forgiven of my sin and set free. That he saved me from death, he saved me from hell, he saved me from ruin. And I cannot even think about how much that love is, let alone how much more does he want to give me good gifts. Not out of a like, you know, I just want you to be rich and famous and things like that. No, no, no. Because that's not really what we want for our kids, is it? Maybe it is. (laughs) In Australia, sometimes we're pushing our kids towards this side of life sometimes. But we understand if we really think about how we want our kids to grow and flourish in this world, that's how God wants us as Christians to grow and flourish. 
And we don't wish upon our children any ill. We don't wish upon them any harm. We don't wish upon them... We actually probably don't all wish upon them fame and we're pushing them towards something. We're just saying, we just want you to live a good, honest, God-loving life. And we want to give you the best of everything that we can for you to achieve that. That's God for us. But when we think about that imperfect love, and, um, you know, as I said already... I'm pretty sure that every single person out there has loved badly. (laughs) Well, I guess if you're loving badly, you're probably not loving. But there's times in your life where you've gone, what was I doing? What was I thinking? And so we're going to go and read through this passage about God's love in, in 1 John chapter 4 verse 15 to 18. So it's 1 John 4, 15 to 18. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid, it's for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. What I love about this is that, that as Christians, we are, we're, we're somehow invited into this relationship with God, who is love, and it says if you live in God and he lives in you, then there's something that changes inside you. So the person with the most hard heart, if they do this, live in God, their love is being transformed day by day. They are becoming more and more aware of what God's love is and they are able to love more clearly and more deeply. And this is something that you can be very, very happy about, Christian. That you are a person who is now having access to the very love of God because he lives in you and you can love like God. You cannot be God, but you can find part of his love in your heart that is expressing itself just as God would express himself in love. But here's something to remember, guys. When we are living amongst each other, your love is not yet perfect. But the good news is that as you keep living in God, your love becomes more perfect. And the first thing a healthy Christian could say, if I ask them the question, um, who here knows God's love? If you're not a healthy Christian, you'd be like, oh, I don't know. But if you're a healthy Christian, you would say, I've known God's love. I've believed God's love. I know that he loves me. And this love that you would feel from God is is not reliant on the trials that you go through in life. So, So I'll talk about this a little bit more. But when you're in trials, you never doubt it. You never think, well, God doesn't love me. He's changed. When there's when there's lack, 
But there's something underlying your knowledge of who God is and his love that even in times of trouble and trials, your first thing to do is, I worship you, God. I praise you, God. I lift you high, God. You are the greatest. I understand your love for me because you know that God loves you anyway. It's interesting, that story about the two criminals on the cross next to Jesus. One's like, Teasing Jesus still? You say that you're son of God, get down off the cross, save us, save us all. That one's like, nah, this is the son of God. And that is the difference between a believer and a non-believer, one who really trusts God and one who doesn't. The one who's given their heart to God understands and knows the truth about who he was. The son of God sent from heaven to save us from our sin. We understand that there's something deep inside of us that, that seems to resonate, no matter what it is, that, that even in times where we're tested, we have this inner witness, this, this knowledge and understanding that God loves us. And there's two things that we need to remember. Sometimes we know God's love. What do you mean, Neil? We know God's love. You must know what it's like when it's, it's like... Every, every road you travel down is the right road. Every decision you make seems to be blessed by God. Finances flow into your life. Good things just seem to happen. You get the right job. You just seem to be in that place. As a Christian, have you been in those times? Because they are so important. Because they give you a glimpse of God's goodness in real terms. Who have you have felt God's love? Who have you have been through those times where, where it's almost like the, the sweetest bread is on your lips every single day? I've been in those times. And I've even been in those times when, it's, when other things are tough, where I've just sat in awe and wonder, sat outside and, and felt that cool breeze and sat in the sun. I know it's Darwin, but it does happen sometimes. <laughs> But where you look at the world and you feel this overwhelming presence of God in your life and you're just like, it's all good. That's the first thing. We sometimes know the love of God. You might have known that love when you first gave, gave your life to Jesus Christ and you felt the weight of sin just lift off you and you felt so light and free and you're like, this is amazing. But then there's other times when we just believe in the love of God. There's hard times, but you know that God will pull you out. That is the, the essence of your faith. Things are tough, things are hard, but you have felt the goodness, you've known the love of God, and you expect that at some stage God is going to reach down his hand and pull you out of where you are. And if you've lived long enough as a Christian, you have seen those times, haven't you? And the next time you go through a hard time, you trust him more. The next time you go through a hard time, you trust him even more because you know that each and every time God has come to rescue you. If you have lived long enough on this earth, you would have seen that time and time again where God came to your rescue. I have seen it many times. And here's the truth about that, the first, the knowing God's love, that's the sweetest. That is awesome. That is beautiful and lovely. 
but the second way by just believing that's the grandest. That's when your Christianity shines, your faith in God shines at its best. It's not when you're living in those moments of sweetness, but when you're in those moments of toughness, where your faith is being tested, that your heart still believes it. There's something about God inside of you. You know he loves you. And the importance of this is this. When you fully understand God's love, this is going to transform your life. And I want to just remind you of a few things of God's love that will help you to love him more. Number one, if you are a mature Christian, you will understand this, that God's love is undeserved. You just don't deserve it. It's something that we've gotten, but we didn't deserve it. Why is this so important? Because when you come to that place of understanding God, you just love him more. You realise that you were a sinner and, and you, you didn't deserve salvation, but God sent Jesus. And it doesn't make you confused. It doesn't make you think that I'm just going to take advantage of this. But what it does is this, is that you're like, well, I guess it is under, not understandable, but at the same time, something hits your heart and you're like, I don't deserve this. Have you ever had someone in your life that has treated you kindly when you didn't deserve it? I have. And I hope at times I've been the same to other people where I've been kind to them when they didn't deserve it. Very rarely is the reaction this, I hate you more. It's more likely that the person that has been kind to you when you didn't deserve it, you have changed your opinion and you're like, I'm sorry. I can see what I did was wrong. I can see I've harmed you. I've, I can see that I've, what I've done is unacceptable. I can't believe you've been kind to me. Very rarely, unless your heart is so hard, do you react in a bad way towards them. What, what's your, what's your genuine, gen, general outlook I actually respect them more I honour them more I begin to sacrifice things in my life because I'm like so grateful when we understand that we do not deserve God's love we come to that place as well and that is why your worship becomes more free your worship becomes more deep your worship becomes more lovely because it's coming from this place where your heart is so broken knowing that you didn't deserve it, but you got it anyway, that you're so grateful. You look at God and you're just like, I can't believe it, I need to honour you. In fact, I can't believe it, I don't need to just worship you, I need to be obedient to you now. My life is changing because of your love. Because of your love, I am changing how I treat other people. Because of your love, I am changing how I live my life and I want to honour you. His love is undeserved. Number two, it is unconquerable. Nothing can beat God's love. Such is your salvation. 
when we call upon God, when we understand that love, that love forgives every single sin in your life. Every single sin. It's undeserved and it's unconquerable. God's love cannot be conquered. Number three, it's never been diminished. So as a Christian, God's love for me has never once waned or he's never thought, oh, I don't love you anymore. Like I was talking about before, we know earthly relationships are like that, don't we? I don't love you anymore. Things have changed. God never changes. It's never diminished. Even by the sins that I commit as a Christian, when I commit those sins, it's not like God's like, oh, well, sorry, you're out again. When you're ready, come back. Oh, you sinned, you're out again. You're not going to heaven now. Oh, now you are. You've got everything right. God's love is never diminished. It never gets less. It never becomes weak over time. It never becomes cold towards us. It is the same yesterday as it is today as it is forever. And, and not long ago we read out a verse, I think it's in Malachi, and it said, I have always loved you. That's God to us. I have always loved you. And I know that I have never, ever, ever found God willing, unwilling to forgive me of my sin. Never changed. Similar to that is it never changes. It's constant. It's consistent. We can trust it. We can rely on it that it's never going to change. We've changed. We've been unfaithful. But God has never, ever been unfaithful towards us. And so here it hits our heart. Perhaps today you're sitting here and this is the question that I'm going to ask you. Will you trust him? Will you trust his love? Will you push into him? Because I can guarantee someone who's walked with God for all my life really that I never find that God's love for me changes. Never. I've never felt abandoned by God. I've been in helpless and hopeless situations at times, but never been abandoned by him. And it may even be this morning that you're sitting there and you're not a Christian at all, and you're like, well, that's, that's great, but what about me? I don't deserve forgiveness. I've done a lot of things wrong. Let me tell you this, that if you were to, to walk amongst this congregation even, but the Christian congregation, congregation mean the people that are Christian, you'd shake hands with someone who's an adulterer. You would shake hands with someone who's embezzled money from somewhere. You'll shake hands with someone who is a big fat liar. You will shake hands with someone who is addicted to pornography. You will shake hands with someone who is overtaken by addiction to other substances, drugs. 
You will shake hands with people who have deserted their families. You will shake hands with all those sorts of people that have come to this moment in their life when they, they decided enough is enough. I can't live like this anymore. I need Jesus. And while you're sitting there thinking that my sin can't be forgiven, the very person sitting right next to you might have had something that you would consider even worse in their life that God forgave in a moment as soon as that person believed in Jesus Christ. And that is the power of God's love. There is not one sin too deep that God cannot forgive. Yes, hallelujah. That is an awesome hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> it's true though, isn't it? And so this morning as, as you're listening to me, perhaps you've never given your life to Jesus. This is the perfect chance to understand God loves you. God loves you so much. And, and again, Brendan read it out this morning, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son that whoever would believe in him won't perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. That is a message of good news. And that is a message that goes out forever from God. Before the foundation of the world, it says he prepared the way for Jesus. Because they talk about Jesus as the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. That, that, that God knew what would happen. He knew that you as a person would commit sin. That you would walk away from him. That you would be rebellious and not honour him in your life. And so he said, I need to set up a way to bring people back to me. And that way was through the death of his son, Jesus Christ. That blood that flowed from the cross the piercing in his side, the, the, the stripes on his back from the whip, those very stripes by which we are healed, that was for you. That was for us. And that love was strong in the beginning because it was before the foundation of the world and it's never changed. Never wavered, never waned. And the beautiful thing about it is when you start to walk in that love, it does give you a sense of who you are in Christ Jesus. It takes away all your doubt and your fears about all the relationships in your life because now you are solid and firm knowing that you are loved, that you are worth something that God himself thinks about you every single day and the thoughts that he has about you are not that you're a vile, repugnant being. But as the psalmist says, how many are your thoughts about me? There are as many as the sand on the, sh on the seashore. And you know what it says about those thoughts? That they are precious thoughts about me. <laughs> That's good, eh? Are you happy that Jesus, that God, when he thinks about you, he's thinking precious thoughts? And that death of Jesus was the very entrance into the throne of grace where God can forgive you. And this morning, you may not know that love. I'm going to give you a chance. I'll just pray in a second to give your heart to him.
as simple as this. Well, how do, I, how do I get God's love? The Bible says this, that if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he was raised from the dead, you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you'll be saved. Yeah, but surely it's got to be more difficult. Surely it can't be as simple as that, 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 that there's this transfer, this punishment that was put on Jesus and he took my sin. I have to do something, don't I? I don't have to get my life right first. We'd all fail at that, right? <laughs> if we had to get our life right first before we came to God, we'd never come to him, right? We wouldn't. We can't get, even get our life right this morning. It'd be something that you did that you just like, oh, missed it again. Come to him, come now. He is calling you to come to him because his love is calling you. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to pray and just, you can pray with me and just ask God to come into your life and forgive you of your sin. And you will feel the love of God immediately. You will. Let's pray. If that's you, you just pray with me. Father God, I'm so sorry that I've sinned against you this morning. I want you to take my sin. I know I don't deserve forgiveness. But the Bible says that Jesus died so that I could be forgiven. This morning I want to take advantage of that love that you showed through Jesus. And I ask you to just come into my life today. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that you raised him from the dead. And in the same way that you will give me new life. Holy Spirit, Come and live in me today. From this day on, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you um, just talk to your family that you're with, talk to the friends you came with. Come and talk to me. I'll be around here for a little bit after the service. And just say, I prayed that prayer with you because this is the start of your new life. Your new life. And it's a good life, I can tell you that from experience. It's amazing. Is it tough sometimes? Yes, but it is amazing. You'll be surprised. You'll be shocked and horrified that you ever live without Jesus. Now, I just feel like, I just want to pray this morning too, perhaps there's some people out there that have sort of grown cold in their love and they want to just reconnect to God's love. I just want to pray for you this morning too. If that's you, I just want to pray. You just pray along with me and we're just going to ask God's love to just grow, grow again in your heart. Father God, I'm sorry that I've walked away from you and your love. I pray this morning that you just fill me with a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit, that I would feel the warmth of your hand again in my life, that, that I would take down those walls that were blocking me from feeling that love. Today I want to make a fresh start with you. So I ask that you'll strengthen me to do that. And forgive me. Forgive me for my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, let's stand and worship our beautiful, loving God. Let's really allow his love to work in our hearts this week. Just remember too, guys, when you do fail... 
you are not yet perfect. <laughs> but each day you're growing more perfect, right? Each day you're growing more and more like him. And his love is growing in your heart. So that's exciting.